laid upon my heart. We'll read the whole chapter of Hebrew chapter 3. But in the sixth verse, he said, Whose house are we? The man that stuck out to me, Whose house are we? And the word, if we read it before and after, gives the whose we are and how we can stay the house of the Lord. And this is the temple of the living God. <coughs> and he said, whose house are we? <coughs> Let's go back. The first part of the first verse of the chapter and he said we're four holy brethren partakers of the heaven <coughs> excuse me church partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. What a great first verse in the third chapter of Hebrew. He said, Holy brother. <coughs> Holy brother. Partakers of the heavenly calling. Man, if I never read another verse in God's holy word. Partakers, holy, holy brethren. Partakers of the heavenly calling. Lamont, a nobody. And God made us partakers of the heavenly calling. Ooh, makes a hair stand up on my arms to think that if we'll open the door that Jesus will come in and let us be partakers of the holy calling of God and how he lets this old hump of clay that was nothing be the temple of the Holy Ghost and indwelling spirit within us. And then he lets us go out. And he said that we are the light of the world. And he lets us that were total darkness. And that we were nobodies. And he lets us be partakers 
of the Holy Ghost, power of God, walk out in the darkest night and be a light. He gave us everyone that's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He gave us power to become the sons of God. He gave us power. He said, we think we have eternal life, but these are they that testify of me. I'm glad today and as we talked to the brethren and, and it was a it was a blessing to my heart that we had helped along the way to lift up somebody else. Somebody along the way that he mentioned in a campground a few years back. Glory to God, we all need somebody somewhere along the line. Janet, is that talking better? She's my... Oh. She said your voice was worse Sunday, and I think it's because you had your hand up on the mic. So I thought we'd try it down here. Amen, that's doing better. And she, <laughs> and she said you preached over an hour, I think. She bragged on me all the way home. But this could be the last message that we get to preach. We're for holy brethren, partakers, that ought to make a Baptist shout. If I could be loud, I would tonight. I'd be loud. Partakers of the heavenly calling, considering I need to consider the apostle, the messenger, the apostle, and the high priest of our profession. And he tells us who it is, Christ Jesus, who was faithful, who was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. And he said, Jesus was faithful to the one that called him. Neighbor, today, are we faithful to the one that called us? I thought about when I, when I left home to come to church tonight, I'd, I'd been up and going for 12 hours. And I thought, have I been faithful? These 12 hours... Have I been faithful? If I ain't been faithful, those 12 hours from 7 in the morning to 7 at night, there ain't no use for me to come to church on Wednesday night and to make a great showing from 7.30 to 9. Amen. I've got to be faithful every day. I've got to submit myself to God. I've got to do more. I need to talk to somebody else about Jesus. Our nation has got to be lost. As a whole, our nation has got to be lost. I personally feel so sorry for Trump. He may not he may not be all right, but they ain't them that went through before him has done the same thing. Amen. They're just trying to break us trying to break America down. 
The Bible said a house divided against itself can't stand. And I see America divided. Can I tell you why? Satan tries so hard to divide the church, to stop this church from fellowshipping inside this church, and to stop this church from fellowshipping with the church down the road. He don't want no fellowship. I remember at one time, at one time, 17 straight weeks, our churches came together and baptized in the Hornfield, in the little old creek. 17 straight. And some of them, I was there. Some of them may be two and three churches baptized one right after another. This was back in the 70s. Today, we don't even want to be on the creek bank together. Satan has done a job in separating husband and wife. He's done a job, and the Bible said that he come to kill, steal, and to destroy. Satan has done a job to take children away from parents, to break down grandmas and grandpas, separate grandmas and grandpas. Till they wasn't a house, wasn't a house, amen, for the grandchildren to come back to. Satan has had a heyday in this. But he said Jesus was faithful. Who was faithful to him that appointed him. As also, he said, Moses was faithful in all of his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Jesus, this man, was counted more worthy than Moses. And everybody that knows anything knows Moses. And can I tell you, Jesus was counted more, more, Worthy than than Moses, and why does the Muslim want to say Jesus is only a prophet? Why do they want to break him down? Because he's more worthy than Moses was. They tried, and I can read it to you in numbers. They tried to break down Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Tried to break down Moses. That was his brother and his sister. Jealousy come in, which taught on Jealousy Sunday. Can I tell you, anybody that's faithful to church, Satan is trying to break them down. How many of y'all have thought about quitting? How about throwing in the towel? Said there ain't no use to go. I probably thought of it a thousand times. But I look back and I read a scripture just like I've read right here tonight. And he said, Holy brethren, and we're partakers of the heavenly calling. I've sat on bar stools, 
from here to Florida. Sit on a bar stool in a bar in Florida many years ago. Had no idea about all those fancy drinks. All I'd ever drank was white liquor and beer up here in the mountain. But I wanted to partake of that. But I ain't found of nothing that I partook of that be what Jesus has given to me. So why, as we read in Galatians, why do we go back into bondage after we've known the greatness and the goodness of God? God's a healer. I wouldn't be here tonight. Roger, you wouldn't be here tonight. God is a healer. God has touched us. Andy Braddock would have died a long time ago. Andy's been in two or three of them old vehicles that flopped over and turned over. And, yeah, could have been hurled out into eternity, but God spared him. I'm glad we're partakers of the heavenly calling, the holy calling of Almighty God. Hallelujah. It's something to be proud of. Something to not push under the table or try to hide. He said, for this man was counted, third verse, worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath built the house hath more honor than the house. I thought about, and I didn't know him. I didn't know him well. But his preacher Woodruff that built Mount Vernon Church, and we laid the brick on it. But I thought about the preacher, and he, he built the trusses. They, at that time, in the 70s, you couldn't buy trusses, and he built the trusses, and that was all good. And he put two befores in the walls, and he, he put doors and he put windows in it. And he done everything according to the plans that somebody had drawn. But you know, when he crawled behind the pulpit at his church, he is better than the house. That's what the Bible said. Every house is built by some man. But the man is more worthy than the house. Can I tell you, I appreciate the building God has given us to worship in. But you're what matters. This has no life. It'll rot. It'll burn. It'll fall down eventually. You look at the house across the road. It'll fall down eventually. But glory to God, if we've been born again, we'll live forever. We'll live forever. I'm glad to be a partaker of the holy, the holy calling, the high calling of Almighty God. It's something to be called a child of God. This message should have waited till Sunday morning, but I might not be here Sunday morning. Every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. God has built. 
God made these bodies, and God breathed the breath of life in our nostrils. And he said, and Moses, in the fifth verse, and Moses verily was faithful in all of his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. The testimony of Moses bringing the children of Israel through the Red Sea. There's nobody knows how many times that testimony has been talked about. It's written down, but nobody knows how many times that testimony has been preached about. The troubles, the little troubles that Moses went through trying to get the children across the Red Sea. Nobody knows how many times it's been talked about. It's been preached about, about the, the cloud by day that God sent to them and the pillar of fire by night that God sent to them. You know, I didn't realize till God just opened me up a few months ago and I knew they they rested and they stayed. They stayed in different places four and five days. But I realized as God spoke to my heart that the children of Israel, when they were in danger by day, God would send a pillar of fire and move them by night. He'd move them that God knew every... Whew. I tell you what, I'm going to have me a spell on this. God knew every danger was out there. And when he could move them by day, when they could see, he would and give them a cloud to follow. But when they, the danger was out there in the daytime, God would move them at night and give them a pillar of fire to lead them at night. I can vision, well, I can vision that pillar. And when it was real dark, I believe that pillar of fire was bigger and brighter. If it was cloudy or foggy, I believe it was bigger and brighter. And if it was just an ordinary night with maybe just the moonlight and the stars, maybe just a smaller pillar of fire. But can I tell you, God saw every danger. Sister, I thought, and sometimes we think about it when we get on a plane, but you know God may have delayed that plane because it might have failed the next time around. It might have hit another one. And that's so aggravating. It's so aggravating to sit hour after hour waiting for a plane when you want to get home. But God knows. God knows exactly, exactly what. Butch's mama told us, she had an LTD Ford. She loved her old car. And she loved to get her hair fixed. And Mama totally lost her car in Galax, Virginia. And this ain't the words, maybe, but she didn't like to tell it. But she said, maybe if I'd have listened to God and not got my hair fixed that morning, I'd have had my car. It's that similar to what she said. It's hard for me and Mama to 
confess our faults. But sometimes we look back and if we'd have listened, oh, if we'd only listened, if we hadn't took that route. I told you all a story many years ago, and I've told the church, I was a bricklayer, and I was young. I didn't have many tools. Had a 65 Ford pickup, still got it. In the early 70s, and I got aggravated with Janet Lee. And I said, I'll just head out cross country. I'll lay brick here and I'll lay brick yonder. I don't have to live in Low Gap. I got to the pilot station in Galax. I saved. God woke me up. He said, you need to turn this thing around. I filled up with gas and come back to Low Gap. What brick I laid was inside of Low Gap ever since. Tennessee didn't need me. Amen. Sometimes we don't listen. I was done on a trail to leave my wife, to leave my home, and the bottom line, to leave my God, to leave Mount Vernon Church. How easily we can listen to Satan. Be influenced by the big old voice of Satan. Fifth verse. And Moses was was verily, and Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony with the great name and the great man that Moses was that went up on the mountain and God spoke to him face to face. And he gave him the Ten Commandments. And Moses said that he was a servant. I can read it to you in Numbers, and I won't get this exactly right. But God told the people, he said, I'll speak to you in a vision. But he said to Moses, I'll speak to him face to face. I can look that up for you. It's the word of God. So he was a very, very special man called by God to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Yet he called himself a servant. He was just a servant. For a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. I'm talking about in 2023. Sixth verse. But Christ, as a son, over his own house, whose house are we? So I'm asking you today, whose house are you? 
If we're Christ, he said, whose house are we? If we hold fast, this is the thing that keeps us in the house of God, that keeps us being the temple of God. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm until the end. I believe Hebrew, and I guess this is why it's not preached much, but Hebrew says more about us holding fast, holding firm until the end than any other book in the Bible that I've read about. He tells us about keeping our first love. But Christ, as a son over his own house, he said his own house, whose house we are. We are his house. We are his temple. If God takes breath out of us, we're nothing. He said he don't rejoice over the dead. But the Lord can get glory out of us. He said it in the word. It's for the glory of God. I'm for the glory of God. Am I glorifying God? Am I making God happy? Am I making Jesus happy? Whose house are we? We're either the temple of Satan, which I have been, or we're the temple of God. Whose house are we? Whose house are we? I've read Hebrews time and time again, but I never caught this scripture till today. Whose house are we? Whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence? Do we have the confidence that the Word of God is true? I believe it's got harder for me, and I'll say most people, having confidence in our brothers and sisters like we one time did. When I first got saved, Everybody walked behind that pulpit. I had confidence in them. I thought they were truly people of God. Everybody that joined the church and come and was baptized, I thought truly, truly, they were the people of God. I run upon a in, in Galax Tuesday, I guess it was. a village boy, and I got to talking to him. And when I went to Fairview Church, he was about that high. He told me who he was. He said, I went there when Price Phipps was pastor. I finally found out who his daddy was, and I remembered his daddy. I said, he's a little skinny fellow about my size. He said, used to be. 200, and he told me 40, 
eight pounds. I said, well, that ain't the same one I know. I know the little skinny fella. But I thought, I thought, did we make a mark 55 years ago at Fairview Church on a little fella? Did we? I remember some of his people. Johnny Montgomery, you remember Johnny Montgomery. I went to visit him the other day. I made a little mark in his life. He just didn't stick with it. I'd like to make a check mark in your life that you'd never go back to drinking or adultery or cussing or raising cane. I don't want to see you quit church and sit in your house and drink 12 beers every day and somebody have to bring it to you. That ain't the kind of check mark I want to leave in your life. God help me not to fail. To make a check mark that you won't forget, sin is sin. And sin can't enter in. The Bible said, finish to the end. Finish to the end. Keep the, the, the confidence in the end. Bill Hawkins, 21 years ago, if alcohol was wrong, it's wrong today. Amen. So if we go pick it back up, it'd be worse. The latter end will be worse than the beginning. Let me hurry. Confidence and the rejoicing of the hope and there's a lot of a different opinions on the hope. But think about, I've not got in yet. I still have a hope in Jesus that I don't stumble and fall. That some roadblock don't come up that I can't see that would turn me away and hit me down the wrong road. I've got to keep the hope of God that I can make it through the eternal gates of heaven. I know I'm saved, but I ain't got to heaven yet. And that can be a controversial discussion. I'm just telling you where I'm at. Of the hope firm until the end. So I've got a hope, that hope firm to the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. America as a whole today is the hardest I've ever seen them. Compassion in all of us is not what it one time was. I've handed out dollar after dollar I've run from one house to the other, knocking on doors. Butchers run from one sales block to another, trying to help people. They get out a little while. And you see them right back in the same, same old sale block, same old drunken stupor. Finally, your compassion. Janet and I talked about it. She said, 
I don't have the compassion I used to have. Do you? Do you have the compassion? After you see this one fall, and this one fall, and this one fall. But I'm going to tell you, there's no excuse for me to quit rejoicing and keep holding on to the hope that they're going to straighten up. That the next trip to the altar, that they're going to straighten up. I thought, and I'm so ashamed, that Scotty come and walk circles in the parking lot Sunday and never did come in. Hope he didn't bother nobody. But if you think Satan can't get into your child, you're wrong. I'm talking about an IQ that was above average. And there ain't no telling what he'll tell you today. It don't just happen through drugs either. Satan's raging. The power of Satan is raging in America. People are doing things they thought they would never do because the voice inside spoke. Think about it. Church, we're living in a real world. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. In the day, that's when they provoke Jesus, provoke God. They provoke Moses. Aaron, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Man, this is some good writing. This is some good reading. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. And it said the first verse, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of, of our profession, Christ Jesus. He jumped right down and he said, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. But he said, I was grieved with that generation. They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Neighbor, can I tell you something? I believe they got saved from the bottom of my heart. I believe they all were saved across the Red Sea. And, and the waters killed every enemy, tore down the church, and the horses wiped everything away, and a dark cloud shut them off. Nobody escaped. Amen. And I believe that they were delivered out of bondage. But as they walked, as you and I are walking today, the Baptists will tell you they were under the law. But I'm telling you, under grace, we're doing the same thing. We'll walk a little while for God. 
And when the trouble comes, or when the meat gets scarce, or sickness comes, or death comes, or troubles comes, or we can't keep our house, or a car broke down, or our septic tank stopped up, and the well went dry, we blame God. We got a buddy that passed through our church that testified in our church that pulled time. Amen. I married him. Saw him saved. And he's laying in jail now because hardship come. Wife left. And he went back to meth. Is the jail cell the bed you want to lay in? Is the bed of devils the bed you want to live in? What he done was hardened his heart. I remember, and I did his funeral. And he come to my house, and I told him, I said, you ain't going to leave. He's got his age, a little younger. I said, you ain't going to leave till we go to the altar and pray. He said, I can't go down there. I said, we go into the altar, pray. And his daughter had died at a young age. Was over where was that? Where George is buried, I forgot. New life. Amen. That's where she's buried. He's buried right beside of her. He said, I cussed God. He said, I looked up and cussed God. Why did he take my only daughter? My only daughter. And I said, God gave his only son, Johnny, that you could have eternal life. I don't know the time, but I'm talking about a year, year's time. He crawled under a pickup to work on the clutch. The pickup rolled off, rolled in a hole, crushed his chest, laid there and smothered to death. Don't get mad at God. The boy in his 50s, or about 50, don't get mad at God. Janice, God's, and if he takes her, I'll have to love God. My heart would break, and I won't know how to dress myself, but I'll have to love God. I've got to finish. The Bible said, to the end, to the end. Great day in the morning. I read this, and I thought, I'll never get 30 minutes out of that. Lord have mercy. Let me read the rest of it right fast. It'll take you a minute. Harden not your hearts as in provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted and proved me and saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren. Twelfth first, and I can preach this every day. I did have this mark. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. To the part, you've got to have been there. 
to depart from the living God, but exhort, and this is to uh, urge to a course of action or to encourage each other, to exhort one another daily while it is while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin hardens our heart. Losing our compassion is sin. Jesus said that he was moved in Matthew. He said he was moved with compassion when he saw the people without a shepherd. When he saw the sheep without a leader. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold Listen to this. Larry, you like Hebrews better now than you ever have. Amen, brother. For we are made partakers, partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. And we'll hear his voice. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. And some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with them was he grieved forty years. Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he, that they should not enter into the rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. May God add a blessing to the reading of his heart. Who are we? Whose are we? Whose are we? You know whose you are. You know if you're God's. Or if you turn back, you know whose you are. You know whose you are. Yeah. We didn't have a church. 